ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Tuesday, December 17th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can be a part of the program anytime by calling the Miller Lite phone lines, 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original white beer. You can also hit us by text by calling the phone number I'm going to give you. It's real simple. I, I'm getting you ready to start using that more. All you have to do is hit 304-523-8401. Hit text. Text us so we'll uh, get your text messages. Hey, we got a lot to get into today. We have got a new ball game when it comes to basketball. That's right. Marshall last night gets the victory over Moorhead State. Dan D'Antoni gets the 100th win of his career at Marshall. It's an 89-62 victory. He gets the 100th victory at LST Johnson Arena. LST Johnson, of course, the coach. That means the most to Dan D'Antoni. Marshall's first victory at Moorhead since November 29, 2006. They committed 11 turnovers. The lowest number they have committed since the Florida game. They hit 10 three-pointers. That ties the mark they hit against Toledo. They improved to 54 and 47 overall against Moorhead. That's a plus. Now they're back home Thursday. They've got Eastern Kentucky. Guess what? I don't see anything happening better for Eastern Kentucky. If Marshall can do that to Moorhead State at Moorhead State, you get the OVC coming back now. I don't see Eastern Kentucky doing anything close to what Moorhead could do. We're going to find out at 7 o'clock at the Henderson Center. But that's that's then. I mean, that's going to be happening here in a few days. We've got this game to get into because we got Andy to talk about. That's right. Andrew Taylor is his, his, his formal name. Everyone's calling him Andy. You know why? Because we all watch the Andy Griffith Show, Sheriff Andrew Taylor. So he's the new sheriff in town. So I'm excited. I'm I'm exactly you know excited for one reason. Marshall's got a new component in basketball. He's going to bring a lot of offense. He's going to bring a lot of basketball IQ. And I think that's going to open up things for this team. I mean, you just look at the score sheet last night. In his first game, 13 points, 5 of 14. He was 3 of 8 from the three-point line. He gets you three steals. He gets you three assists. Got to knock some of that rust off. He picked up four fouls in that game, but it just opened up. Darius George got 16 points in that game. Tavion Kinsey, he's good for 10 at least. He pulls down 11. Iron Bennett, he gives you 14. Jared West, he pulls in 11. Get Jansen Williams to hit a few more of those shots, and he could have had more than nine points. He was three of seven shooting. And... I look at this and think, okay, things are going to open up here. I mean, Marshall shot 30 of 66. Okay, that's not too bad. 10 of 27 from the three-point line. We'll take that. 
19-24, so they were good on the free throw line. They out-rebounded Moorhead State on the offensive glass 14-10. So they got more offensive rebounds than Moorhead State was able to pull down. That means second-chance opportunities. Marshall scored 18 points second chance as compared to Moorhead's 12. Marshall was also very good in the paint, 38 points in the paint compared to Moorhead's 18 Fast break points, 7-4. It's almost pushed there. The bench even comes in and outscores Moorhead State. I mean, all in all, this is a good game for the Herd. And Marshall shot 46% in that first half, 45 in the second half. So average that out. They're shooting 45.5% for the game. 8 of 15 from the three-point line that first half. It cooled off a little bit in the second half, 2 of 12. But in that first half, they shot 53% from the three-point line. Put it all together for the game, 37%. Free throws, as we mentioned, pretty solid there. But you go back to just their performance here. Turnovers were were limited. Moorhead State had 19 turnovers. Now, Moorhead State did win one category. I thought that maybe Marshall would win. That's blocked shots. Marshall... Pulls down four blocks to Moorhead seven. Marshall, though, they own the steal category, 11 to four. Just looking at some of the key stats here. I thought Marshall would maybe own that particular stat. They've been pretty good all season long so far. But at the same time, you get five guys in double-digit scoring. You get a guy who hasn't played pretty much two years, knocks some of that rust off. And he's out there creating. I mean, he even went in and dunked at one point. He's got a little swagger to him. And I think that was a key component this team was missing. Now, I'm not saying this team is going to go and win Conference USA right now based on one game. I'm not saying that. But I like it. And 89 points. They go into a place they have a hard time winning. They've had some of their better teams go in there and get punched in the mouth. And they go into a place that is known for herd losses. And they win that game, 89-62, and it could have been more. Marshall had a lead of 28 at one point. Now, Moorhead was able to chip away a little bit at that. But 28 points, you're leading by one point, 28 points. And you get to see some of the other players that you normally don't see for uh, long periods of time play. And that was good as well. All right, what do we got coming up? Now, we're going to hear from Andrew Taylor. We're going to get his thoughts from last night. We'll hear from Jared West. We get his thoughts as well from last night's game. We are going to talk football. Player interviews happening today over at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. So this is last chance to talk to these guys before they head over to, well, the airport. Thursday, going to be bright and early for them. I think they got some ridiculous practice time in the early two, morning too before then. So they're gonna be they're gonna be sleepy. They're gonna be hopefully sleeping on that flight as they, they take the trip to Tampa. But Thursday they leave. That means we've got this week basketball on Thursday, but on Wednesday night we've got Doc Holiday because early signing period will be Wednesday. So that means we're going to hear from Doc Holliday tomorrow. Also, we will hear from Doc Holliday during his coaches show, and that'll come up tomorrow night. So a lot of football to get into, and when we come back from break, I want to hear from Tyler Brown.
We're going to talk about getting ready for Central Florida. Say, I, I cannot call them UCF. I still have that in my head. Central Florida. That's Central Florida. They want to go by UCF. All right, I'll I'll do my best. No promises. No promises. But we'll talk to Tyler Brown when we come back later on. We'll talk more basketball. We'll hear from Andrew Taylor. We'll hear from Jared West. We'll get your phone calls in. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. More on the way. It's The Drive, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Now, I had a chance earlier this afternoon to talk to a few of the guys as preparation continues for the bowl game between the Herd and the Knights of Central Florida. One of the guys I talked to was Tyler Brown, and Tyler had a great breakdown of everything. And the first thing I asked him when I was talking to him earlier was just kind of where are you with your preparation? Uh, I'd say we're right in the middle of preparation. I mean, the first last week was majority of uh, like skill development for our younger players, but about halfway through the week we kind of turned switched the pace and got into – digging into UCF a little bit, and uh, so we're, we're right in the middle of them right now. Another question I had for him was, what did he see on film? Now he's had some time to study them and get ready, and they're pretty far along in their game prep. I just wanted to get a feel for what he saw when he looked at that Central Florida film. Uh, very explosive, fast-paced offense. I mean, I think the, I think the, the number four-ranked offense in the nation, whatever that stat is, and you can see it on the film. Uh, they got playmakers all over the field, and they get another playoff before – you're even before the refs out of the way. I mean, the refs are falling, trying to get out of the way once they place the ball. So I mean, they're they're super fast, super fast. I was also curious if anyone stood out to Tyler. They're all their running backs. They're number thirteen, the receiver, their quarterback. I mean, they're all good. And with that said, all that talent out there, I wanted to know for him what was the challenge. Uh, I think our biggest challenge as a defense, which is everyone, is just going to be able to after the play is over, just get back to the to the line of scrimmage and get set and get our eyes on the call. Because, I mean, it, it's hard to get the call in that fast because like, they're, they're snapping it within two, three seconds after the ball is placed. I mean, they're snapping it. So we definitely we've got, we've got to make sure we get back there and get our eyes on the, on the people making the calls for us so we know what we're running. Now, one of the questions that was asked of Tyler was how important is staying focused? Just getting that right mix of guys, getting the right rotation out on the field, knowing that UCF is going to be such a high-tempo team. It's basically whoever's going to go out, like whenever we start a drive, whoever's going out there, like there's a possibility that no matter what the situation is, they're going to have to stay out there because there's times that they don't sub. And like I said, they, they snap the ball within probably three to five seconds, unless it, unless it's a third down or whatever, normally within three to five seconds of uh, the ball being placed. So th- there's no subbing going to be allowed. So it's not you don't have to just lock in mentally. You also, we got to condition a little bit more now. we got to get our bodies ready to go and uh, do this. I mean, they're, they're, I think they average like – 80, 90 plays a game on defense, which we might have only seen that. I don't think we haven't seen that at all this year. So we definitely got to gotta condition more too. Another question that was asked of Tyler was just how do you prepare for that tempo in practice? Everything in pa- practice is fast-paced. It's actually kind of crazy. Our practices are flying by because everything we do is fast-paced. So we, we normally take sets of six to eight plays. And say, say those plays normally take us five minutes to get through. I mean, they're taking us a minute and a half, two minutes to get through. We're like, we're already done. Like, so, no, it's definitely it's fast-paced. It's a different game than we've been playing. 
And one final question that was asked of Tyler was the fact that he's going to be out there on the field because, well, you might not be able to get off with the tempo that UCF is running. So is he going to be asked to do some different things? Uh, I mean, not not really. But and there are things that there's things that we've done all year that kind of we kind of blend in there that we are running. It. Just a lot of people don't know we are running it. So, I mean, it's just going to be the normal stuff. It's just going to be a lot more bulk of plays at one period of time. Instead of getting subbed out on a third down, I'm probably going to have to play the third downs. So That's Tyler Brown, and don't forget, we'll have more player interviews throughout the week. We'll also hear from Doc Holliday tomorrow as we get closer and closer to this game between Marshall and UCF. Also, it's early signing period tomorrow, so we'll definitely hear from Doc and get his thoughts on some of the upcoming players you can expect to see in the Thundering Herd uniform. we got more on the way, plus your phone calls, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're taking your phone calls, 304-399-8255. You can also be a part of the show, toll-free, 877-420-8255. Welcome back. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Basketball yesterday was fun, right? Got to see a redshirt freshman come off the bench for the first time. Start. Gets his first game under his belt. And you know what? 13 points. Pretty good from behind the line, right? Looked pretty good out there. Three steals, three assists, three rebounds. Getting started, right? Talking about Andrew Taylor. And last night after the game, we had we had our very own Bill Cornwell there. Uh, we had a cast of characters behind the scenes taking care of us. And we've got Andrew Taylor. Here's uh, him talking to the media after the contest. Yes, it's, 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 I've been waiting on that moment forever. Like, I knew as soon as I went and got that jump ball, I was like, you know, it's about to come out. All, all that time I've been sitting out, all that time I've been watching the team play, like, you know, all that anger built up inside me almost, I guess you could say. I just felt like it all came out tonight. You look at this team and adding you to the rotation, how, how much easier does that make it on Dan simply because it, it seems like y'all can get into a rotation without taking two, you know, two ball handlers off the court at any time. It seemed like y'all were really comfortable with that tonight. Yeah, I feel like it just adds another another option that can set things up, you know. Jared and Tavion, they've done a pretty good job, but, I mean, why not if you can have three primary ball handlers out there that can set something up, you know. That just makes the defense, you know, looking here, like who's going to do who's gonna do what next almost. So, that energy level that, that you all displayed tonight, do you feel like it was, you know, above anything you've seen this season? Uh, from from the stands, I would say yes, because I was involved in it. You know, I was hyped. It was my first game. Like, this this is the best game in my eyes, you know, no matter what. But, uh, you know, just being out there with the guys, coming out, coming to the bench after, like, timeouts and stuff, I could definitely tell there was something in the air, something extra. you feel like they were feeding off the fact that you were on the court, too? I do. I do, and I, and I love the guys for that. They've definitely helped me through that. In the second half, uh, you know, you all build the big lead early, and this team's had a, a tendency to sort of lull a little bit at times and let teams back in at that point. But you all start on on a big run. You have a three and then a, a rip and a dunk really quick. Uh, what, what was that like just to set the tone in both halves and, and sort of establish that, hey, we weren't giving this lead up? 
shoot, I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen when I came out. Like, I just kind of played, you know. Dude, dude came down with a rebound. I ripped it, you know, took one step. I was there. That's, I was shocked. So, I mean, you're asking these questions. I'm shocked that I did it. So, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if the opportunity presents itself, I'm going to take it every time. So. All right, that's Andrew Taylor. We got his thoughts from last night. Another guy that was a standout in this contest, Jared West. Jared West, Tavion Kenzie, both these guys had 11 points to their totals. I mean, Marshall had five players with 10 or more points. Jared had eight assists. I mean, you look at his stat line, and I think it's going to open up for him as well because now – he can go out there. He can be that aggressor a little bit more. I don't want to be the guy that has to go up against him. If Jared West is guarding me, I've got to work for my game. And we got Jared West's reaction to having Andy out there on the court with him. Here's uh, Jared talking about last night's victory and having Andrew out there for the first time. Now, Jared, I know that you all have practiced with Andrew for the last few months and really gotten to know his game. But having him out there, how much, how much pressure does it take off you and Savion tonight, and, and what element does that add to the game? Well, um, first of all, I want to applaud Andrew. He was, I felt like he was really prepared. You know, I thought he came out ready to play. Um, I didn't think this game was too big for him in any way. I thought he was ready to play. But um, I think he, I think he helps Tavion and I a lot, honestly, on both ends. Tavion, uh, Andrew played really good on uh, offense and defense today. Um, he helped ball handling, off, obviously. Um, I know he got a couple assists, especially early on. Hit a couple shots that helped all of us. And um, honestly, I think he helped out a lot on both ends. And um, you know, brought some energy today. I thought he was ready to play and well prepared. You get those two threes early, back to back. It jump starts. I think an eighteen to two run. Mm-hmm. Just seeing a couple of threes go down early. What does that do for the confidence of this team? I mean, finally, I was able to get some, get some to to fall. You know what I mean? But um, you know, I thought it was really good. I thought Andrew got Jansen shot early, and then. Um, Got Tavion a three early, so I think that set the tone. Obviously, um, I was able to hit two threes in a row. And I think that just brings energy for us on both ends of the floor. You know, I think that gives both us in a groove ends, on offense. And then defensively allows us to, uh, you know, it gives us energy to, to compete and uh, play with a lot of effort on the defensive end as well. You know, I think we talked about this last game or a couple games ago how we come out flat on offense and affects our defense. And I thought today we did a great job of coming strong, coming out strong on offense, and that helped our defense as well. I know Dan preached energy, especially against them. They like to get on the uh, the offensive glass mm-hmm. pretty well. I thought you all did a good job of containing them. And yeah. and you get you got 12 into foul trouble early, which is yeah. pretty big. Um, they play hard. You know, that, that's one thing they really do well. They play hard. They box out. They go to the glass hard, and they're pretty athletic. I thought we did a good job of matching their intensity. Um, we fouled a little bit too much, you know, especially at the end. We got to do a better job of that. But I thought um, as far as matching their effort and intensity, we did a great job. And um, from an energy standpoint, you know, Coach Dan Duffy preaches that all the time. But I thought we did a great job of that today. 14 offensive rebounds. I think it went to 18 points for, us, for right. you all. Okay. Yeah, and how, especially with the way, the style that you all run, getting getting up and down, getting open shots, those offensive rebounds, those second, third chances, how important are those to deflate a team? Um, I thought that was very important. Um, I thought we did a great job of that today. Everybody, honestly, all-inclusive. Um, that's really big for us. You know, we miss a shot, we get our offensive rebound and score. You know, that's, that's an extra possession, an extra bucket. That's really big for us, you know. And I think that brings energy, you know, especially just knowing that we're competing and playing hard and matching their intensity by going to the offensive glass. We know they're good on the offensive glass, so we come back and do the same thing to them. Um, I think that's huge for us on the offensive end. And, um, you know, obviously when we get those offensive rebounds and we score, that limits their transition. So I think that helps us on the defensive end as well. This game. 
Is this what you all envisioned 2019-20 to be? Yeah, for sure. That, that, that was probably the most complete game we played all year, and I think we need to continue that going forward. Um, we came out with energy. We finished the game with energy. We played well on both ends. We made shots finally. And, um, you know, we just got to keep it going. There you have it. Jared West, got to keep this thing going. They feel pretty good about this, don't you think? This is game one. What's this game two look like? When he's out there, he's actually been out there. Real game, real situation. What's game two look like? Are we going to see five guys in double digits again? I mean, what are we going to get? I mean, we're going to have that calming presence. I mean, I was talking to Bill Cornwell earlier today, and he was there yesterday, so he was he was actually watching it live and just said that, if you look at his game, you see how he, he operates. He's just got that calming presence out there. No panic. And this is game one. This is just game one of Andrew Taylor out on the court. Now, I know this has been predicted to be coming. And again, we got one game under our belts now. And those who go to practice have said, hey, look, we see this every day. We see this every single day. This is not a surprise to us. It's what we see. Now we just saw it in game form against a real live opponent. So there are some, and you know who you are. You go to those practices every day. You know who you are. You're there, and you see it, and you're like, come on, Paul, you know. This, why are you surprised by this? Why are you surprised by this? And so uh, let's see if game two of the Andrew Taylor career will be as significant as Game 1. Uh, we've got time for your phone calls at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. I'm throwing the curveball over in the uh, producer's booth. Yeah, I, I'm looking at you, Gabriel. Curveball time. You know what I want, right? You know what I want. I want Dan D'Antoni. Well, you know, let's let's get Dan's thoughts on this one last night as well. Well, that was the big thing. You know, they, this, this group down here always gives us trouble, and – we took an NCAA team that won the first game down here, and they just slacked us a couple years ago. So uh, they play hard, good coaching, and uh, but I, I, our kids are, are starting to mature a little bit. And of course, when you add Andy, just adds another player in there that kind of stabilizes the ship, gives us more ball handling on the floor to run our offense. And uh, uh, we shot 37% from threes and 45 from twos. Uh, we can get better than that, and but uh, the hallmark of this team is going to be defense, and it uh, uh, when they really ply their trade, they're long and athletic. Coach, you get your 100th win in the gyms of the coach that you played for. Is there any kind of sentimental value to winning here in this in this gym, Ellis Johnson, or is this just another win? Well, any win's a great win, so I don't I don't discount any win, but. Uh, uh, it's a life. It's a life story, and that life comes full circle, buddy. And uh, I'm playing in a place where uh, coach gave me a chance, and I got a chance to come here. And he was a big part of my life early, and I got a chance to. Uh, maybe he. I, I don't know who he'd be rooting for because he coached here and there. So, but uh, Ellis was a, a a good friend and a good coach. So, uh, I'm I'm happy for our kids that we get. To, Keep that trophy with Ellis' name in our locker room. You look at, at five double-figure scorers. Uh, assist-to-turnover ratio was what you wanted. Got on the offensive glass. All, all the things that you 
mentioned that you all struggled and you excelled in tonight. Is this what you saw whenever, or what you envisioned whenever this campaign started? Well, for this game, yes. And uh, we're going to have to keep doubling them up all the time. But I thought Jared had a great floor game. Eight, eight uh, assists, zero turnovers. And uh, that was what we've been doing. We've been turning the ball over too much. We weren't making threes. Marco came in, hit two big three, uh, threes in the first half. It kind of pushed him out the door a little bit. So, you know, they're, they're all capable of doing that. I told them, I said, you know, if y'all hold each other accountable, you don't let your heads get in the way and you pull for each other. And when you're in there, then you have a job to do. Get it done. And don't don't look around for excuses. You step up and take care of your job. And we got a chance to be a really good ball club. You look at, at adding Andrew to the mix and, and you were able to consistently have two ball handlers on the floor at all times, whereas before if you try to get Jared a, a rest or Tavion a rest, you're primarily down to well, one. Well, we were Is playing that... Jared too hard and really Tavion too, but especially Jared because, you know, he, he doesn't take a playoff and he doesn't take a drill off in practice. He, he probably runs to the table to eat, you know, I'm not sure, but uh, you know, he, he's a tough nut and that just eased the load on him and uh, I think you can see it in his game. He's not. He doesn't feel like he has to make all the big plays now. He can work with his teammates, and uh, that's a good thing. And I think, again, we're not where we can be. And uh, if we keep working and growing, we can be a very good ball club. I feel like your energy level on the offensive glass especially demoralized Moorhead during, during the runs that you all made. Well, we've been trying to get on them about that. In fact, the uh, first half we charted how many times they didn't go to the board, and we challenged them at halftime, you know. They got, and I'm just making these figures up because I wouldn't tell you what they were, but I would say, like, Iron, you didn't go five times. You didn't go, Jansen, you didn't go four times. Uh, George, you didn't go five times. Cam, you didn't go six times. Whatever it was, we're watching to see if they go rebound. And we put a lot of emphasis on that offensive rebound. And we should be a very good offensive rebound team because we're long, we're athletic, and we're quick. And they shouldn't accept not going for the rebound. Andy Taylor specifically. Any surprise him coming from the get-go, just playing well? Yeah, it was really a big surprise. He missed two threes in a row. That surprised me. So I, I think he'll be even better than that. So uh, he's, he's a good ball player, and he's under control, no mistakes first game. I think one turnover. But uh, he's going to get – he'll grow. Now, he hasn't played two years, so he's going to grow. He's got a little bit of grit about him, too. I mean, you look at the, the <laughs> second half, he gets uh, – I think Henson got a rebound. He gets a rip from him and goes up with a two-handed dunk. No, he's strong and tough. And we knew that the first day we got him and uh, came out. And uh, who was it? I think – I think it was Jared that challenged him just to see if he had any moxie to him. And, I think Jared found out real quick is this kid's got some moxie. So, you know, I, I'm happy for him. Again, I'm happy for our team. And it's going to be a team effort, you know, all of them. And uh, like I said, we got a lot of good players. I, my challenge is to try to get as many in there to play as I can, you know. I thought Iron had some nice touches inside. He, he got a little bit where he's trying to go by himself, and we'll uh, have him work through the offense to go back to him. But uh, other than that, Pretty good game, still gets a little tired, but you know, that's that's the good thing about having Goran and then having uh, Michael and Jansen. I mean, we can stay big even when he is out of the ball game. Danny D'Antoni just laying it out last night. He's got a new toy. Pretty much Santa came early. Christmas has come early for Dan D'Antoni. Now there's a new sheriff in town. 
We're going to see more of the Sheriff coming up on Thursday. We'll have that game for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Hey, don't forget, we're opening up new avenues for you to be a part of the program. Of course, you can give us a call at any time, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. You also have the text option now. You can do that at 304-523-8401. That is, believe it or not, easiest way to do that. Actually, I've given you the wrong number. They're wanting me to use 399-8255. So I'll tell you what, let's do that. Let's use 304-399-8255. That is our text number to use on the program. We got more on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 304-399-8255. That is our text line. Toll free 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255 to be a part of today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We have got, of course, coming up on Thursday, Marshall Basketball back in action, taking on Eastern Kentucky. And then we've got Herd Football on Sunday. I'm sorry, on Monday. we got Herd Basketball on Sunday. I should have had that Snickers today, Gabriel. I should have had that Snicker today. Hungry? Why wait? I should have had that Snicker today. Uh, just to uh, give you a heads up, we got bowls coming up all week long next week. Uh, Gabriel, you're going on vacation. Except for herd basketball and football. We're going to have bowl games unreal coming up. We got bowl games on Friday. We got bowl games the weekend. We got bowl games throughout the week. We don't have a bowl game on Christmas. We got bowl games. If it's a bowl game, we've got it. So if you're looking for bowl games all week long, if you're going to be in the car, if you're going to be stuck in the car, that's the good thing here. If you're going to be stuck in the car, you're going between places, you're trying to get that last-minute stuff done, and you're like, honey, I want to watch the game. No, you, you can't do that. You can't do that. I've got you covered. we got bowl games coming up. So I think the way we've got this laid out, we've got a show tomorrow. And then we've got pregame action on Thursday. And then you look at the calendar, we're done. We're done for the year. Then I get to go home and recharge, recuperate, rest, come back stronger than ever. Uh, this is uh, Actually, this is the joyous time of the year for me. You know why? Because I'm going to sit back and just I'm going to watch bowl games. I'm absolutely just going to. And I know I rail on the games because there's too many, but I'm watching them now. Okay, granted, I'm doing it for uh, I'm doing it for different reasons, but at the same time, you're looking for something to do like on Christmas Eve. Sports. I mean, now Christmas Day we've got NBA basketball. By the way, thankfully the NBA has decided that their players should entertain us on Christmas Day. 
So thank you. Thank you, NBA, for, for allowing your players not to spend time with their families on Christmas Day. I wish we had a video camera right now because I'm trying to explain to Gabriel, our producer, who is uh, all of, what, 21 years old? All of 21 years old does not understand. what. How do you not understand in there? No, no. If you're gonna make, if you're just, you're gonna give me the I don't understand sign. You hit, you hit that microphone, young man. Talk to me. What do you not understand? I understand what you're saying. I don't understand why. Money. Still. Money. What are you doing on Christmas Day? Probably watching Christmas movies with my family. Okay. What do? Other people who like sports do on Christmas Day when they're done watching Christmas movies with their family. What do they do? They could watch a game or they could watch a order a game. Fair enough. They're watching basketball. The NBA. It's like a Christmas. I mean, come on. The NFL plays on Thanksgiving. I mean, so what's what's the difference between the NFL playing on Thanksgiving and basketball playing on Christmas Day, Gabriel? All of twenty-one years old and full of wisdom. Fair enough. Ah, thank you. NBA holidays. You get, come on, we got bowl games on New Year's Eve. We got bowl games on New Year's Day. If it's a holiday, we've got a sporting event somewhere. Somewhere. I mean, the NHL plays on New Year's Day. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm probably watching that. That's going to be in the repertoire. That's going to be in the hopper of things to do. I can't believe this. I can't believe you sometimes. I really can't. That's okay. You know what? He's still our best producer we've got. I'm serious. I'm, I'm not I'm not picking. I'm serious. He's still the he doesn't understand. Some he does not understand the content of the show sometimes, and that's a fair criticism for a lot of people. But he he does a good job. But we got bowls. I mean, let me pull the bowl schedule up here. I got a few minutes here. Let's do this. All right. We've got the Bahamas Bowl. We're going to carry the Bahamas Bowl on the 20th. Then the Frisco Bowl. And then we're going to carry on the 21st. Now, I had two options here. I went with bowls. We got the New Mexico Bowl, the Camilla Bowl, and the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl all on the 21st. There's NFL action that day. No, no, no. We're going with this. And then on the 23rd, we'll have, starting at 1130 for us, I believe I'm going to be at Roosters. Let me firm that up. I'll be over there sometime that day, but I believe at 1130 a.m. That's where I'm going to be. And we'll do the the pregame. I'll have Dave Walsh back from his hiatus. We'll do our show one final time for for the football season. On the 24th, we've got the Hawaii Bowl. So Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve, you're out and about. You've got a game. Christmas Day, basketball, Gabriel. Gabriel Sellers, our show producer, and um, sometimes uh, foil for this show. And then on the 26th, we uh, have the Independence Bowl. 27th, we've got, I mean, we've got bowls. All day long on the 27th. We've got the Military Bowl, the New Era Pinstripe Bowl, the Texas Bowl, the Cheez-It Bowl. 
I have to bring a box of cheese that's in for you. Cotton Bowls on the 28th at 11.30 a.m. And then somehow we're going to transition into the playoffs. We got the Peach and the Fiesta that's coming up on the 28th. So we got the Cotton Bowl. We got to have the Cotton Bowl. You just have to. And then the Peach and the Fiesta. On the 30th, we've got the Music City Bowl and the Orange Bowl. I'm a big fan. I've always been a fan of the Orange Bowl. I don't know why. I've just been a huge fan of that game. Because we're getting to the point where these are games that, as a kid, I heard of. Gabriel, you heard of the Orange Bowl. Well, you have now. Okay, welcome. Thanks for paying attention to the show content for the first time today. I appreciate it. Belk Bowl is on the 31st. Liberty Bowl and Alamo Bowl. We'll have all of those games. So New Year's Eve, bowls. Bowls, bowls, bowls. Citrus Bowl on the 1st. Happy New Year. Here's the Citrus Bowl, the Rose Bowl, and the Sugar Bowl. Gator Bowl is on the 2nd. That's going to be over on our sister station because we got Herd Basketball that day. So Herd Basketball on the 2nd, but we still continue on with our bowls. Then, on the 3rd, Famous Idaho Potato Bowl on the 3rd. We come back and we got basketball on the 4th, I believe. And then the national championship game is going to be on the 13th. I'll post those. Give me some time. I'll post those up on our website. Or I'll post them on social media. Just give you an outline of, I'll just post the bowl games where you can find them. But we've got a multitude of bowls. And we would have more bowls, but some of them play at the same time. Or we would have even more bowls. I was even trying to get uh, some of their, our sister stations here to put their uh, their schedules aside so we could carry more bowls. I mean, it didn't fly. They they, they vetoed me in the, in the department head meeting. But still, I was trying. I was trying real hard just because, again, I think there are too many bowls. But, and this is a big but, I'm definitely into carrying all these things because I'm going to listen to most of these things or watch these things. I don't know why. There are some matchups I just they're not compelling to me. I'm not into it, but I'll watch. And that's the thing. Because people are gonna watch these things. And yeah, I don't know if there's ever a sense of being bowl weary because I mean what are you gonna do on New Year's Eve? You're gonna watch bowls. Maybe. Maybe. If, unless you've got something else to to do. I don't know. I mean, go to a New Year's Eve party, maybe, and they'll probably be watching bowls. Unless you're going to like specific party, they're watching bowls. They're like you're going to a party. It's it's a nice dinner. They'll be dancing and revelry, and we'll all be watching. Um, I don't know Ryan Seacrest, Dick Clark, rocking New Year's Eve, whatever combination of uh, names they throw in that thing. Nobody. I'm watching bowls. I'm watching the bowls. New Year's Day, bowls. Day after New Year's, uh, her her basketball. That's that's where yeah that that's that's where it is. I mean, come on, the Gator Bowl. I'm doing it. Famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Yeah, I'm watching that completely. And these are just the games that we're carrying. These are uh, these are our our games. 
So we're covered. We got you covered. You're going to be stuck in the car somewhere. We got you completely covered, and you don't have to worry about it. And that's that's why this is the most wonderful time of the year. It's it is bowl apalooza. It's a complete bowl apalooza in all of this stuff. I mean, where else can you get this? I mean, just basically the second half of December on, you just hijack it for a couple of weeks. It's sort of like March Madness, but for football. Now, think of how excited we would be if this was actually formatted in a college playoff, a real, honest-to-goodness college playoff, where we've got 16 teams. You know what? Expand it if you want to. You could have some teams get first-round buys. I don't care. I think 16 probably is uh, more than you, you know, right there. I think 16 would be fair. Honestly, I think eight. Eight's all you need. You want to expand it? That's fine. Here's what I envision. All the conference champions get in. You win your conference championship, you get into my football playoff. So that's 10. And you could have some buys if you want to. If you want to bracket this thing out, you could have some buys. Or you can have a few at-large bids. How many at-large would you have? If you've got 10, the 10 power conferences, you get them in. Okay, group of five for those of you who love to call it power five. You get the 10 conferences, put them together, get like six at-larges maybe. I always felt that though, if you if you don't win your conference championship, you don't win. If you got a conference championship game, you don't win it. Well, I'm sorry, you don't get to compete for the current setup. If you expand it to 16, then I, I would make room for some at larges. But if you're going to have everybody get an automatic bid that in a conference championship and wins it, it's 10 teams. You could have a couple of, uh, of, of, of buys. I think you could do some buys there, too. You could bracket it as such. Let's, um, uh, you could seed them as well. You rank them. Number one would get a first-round buy, obviously. You could do this. It, 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 what's the difference than doing the bowl system? I mean, you just get right into it. Get right into it. And, you know, if you want to sell the bowls, you can, but... I really don't think that's going to happen anytime soon because, again, the bowls are events. It's television product. It's media-driven. It makes money for somebody. And the opportunities these kids get. I mean, we talked to Brendan Knox today. You're not going to hear it until maybe tomorrow. I talked to Brendan Knox, and one of the questions that was asked of him was just, hey, you know, what are you looking forward to? You know, what, what are you going to do down there? And, you know, we've joked around with him a couple of times now about Bush Gardens, but he's like, i never seen the beach. They're really, Brandon, you've never been to the beach. He's like, no, I'm looking forward to going to the beach. Now, Brendan Knox could have a career in the NFL. That man could be playing on Sundays. So eventually he would see the beach. But can you imagine a lot of these kids – that don't have these opportunities other than football. Football has taken them to Tampa. And for some of these kids, they've never seen the beach. I mean, that's where I think, oh, it's you know what, okay, too many bowls, that's fine. Brendan Knox is getting to see the beach. I'm, I'm good with this. I'm good with, okay, 
all the bowls, I'm fine. Because that kid gets to go see the beach. He's never seen the beach. Perfect, perfect example of why uh, I have no grounds when it comes to my argument that there are too many bowls. And you can argue that, okay, teams that are 6-6 six and six are getting in, and it's not an honor. You didn't earn it. That's fine. The only bowl we're talking about here with significance are the national championship games. Everything else is just another opportunity for these kids to go play, be with their teammates. I have no ground whatsoever. If you tell me, hey, Paul, these kids are enjoying their last few weeks together. They're going to go to a destination spot. Unless we're talking about the uh, famous potatoes bowl. They're going to go to a destination. That's cool. All right, I'm done for the day. I will be back tomorrow. Um, Hopefully a little bit, well, at a better place, actually. Gabriel, remind me tomorrow. I have a Snickers before I do the show. For Gabriel Sellers, I'm Paul Swan. Um, We'll see you in a few hours tomorrow. Until then, good night. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.